threatening to the old world. Um, it's threatening to financial services, but it's also exciting because if financial services embraces it, um, there are a million possibilities. And, and is this something that just the ordinary Hong Konger in the streets, you know, goes out every day, works, you know, hard at their job, raising children, can get involved in? Is it something for them as well? Things like decentralized finance, cryptocurrencies, non-fungible tokens. tokens. That's another big thing, is it? Yes. Or is it for people who are rich or the elites? Can ordinary people get involved in this and benefit from it? Okay. Um, remember the term Luddite? Mm. I am a Luddite, uh, which is Ned Ludd and somebody that's like not very old good fashioned. at technology <laughs> and very old fashioned. But, you know, um, I got involved in it in 2013 and um, learned and just basically went out and sought out and talked to people and researched it. So anybody can do that. If I can do that, anybody can do that. And mm. um, it's just that, do you want to do it? Do you want to trade with a reputable organization? And that's where um, a lot of organizations are coming up that are really reputable. And then there's some that are not. And um, you're seeing a lot of uh, new companies come into the space that want to spend the time to train. So one of the things that uh, the company that I'm doing, uh, working on, and I'm a senior advisor to the board, is Hashkey. And we actually want to train people who want to teach uh, uh, private uh, high net worth investors and uh, family offices and institutions mm -hmm. about Bitcoin. And we're willing to start from scratch to do it. So there's hope for me yet. Yes. Well, anytime <laughs> you want to sit down, I'm happy to go through it with you. I did it. So, okay. Yes. <laughs> Gives so. me some encouragements anyway. Thanks yes. very much, Angelina. That's Angelina Quan, who's senior advisor to the board at Hashkey Group. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Final look at the markets this morning in Australia. The ASX 200 up a third of a cent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan up two thirds of a percent over in South Korea. The Cosby is making small gains of 0.1%. Futures markets indicating they were flat open for the Hang Seng in just under an hour's time. In the commodities markets, gold slightly firmer, $1,753 an ounce. Brent crude oil, $71.49 a barrel. And that's it from me. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Jenny Lamb. The weather forecast, sunny periods and a few isolated thunderstorms at first. Hot, maximum temperature of about 32 degrees. The outlook for sunny intervals and occasional showers in the next couple of days. It's 28 degrees right now, 85% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Barry O'Rourke with the Half Hour News. Over 1,000 University of Hong Kong graduates have signed a petition demanding the university's governing council to revoke its decision to ban those who attended a controversial students' union meeting from entering the campus. Jimmy Choi reports. During the July the 7th meeting, the Students' Union Council passed a motion expressing sadness over the death of a man who knifed a police officer on July the 1st and then stabbed himself. It thanked the man for its sacrifice for Hong Kong. The move attracted widespread criticism and the council subsequently apologised. The convener of the petition, which was signed by 1,180 graduates, said in a statement that the Hong Kong New Council has no power to penalise students directly and its decision may have breached the university statutes. It urged the university to faithfully safeguard its century worth of achievements by revoking the penalties imposed. 
The Afghan government has replaced its army chief as the Taliban continue their rapid advance. Nine provincial capitals are now in the hands of the militants. President Ashraf Ghani has been rallying beleaguered troops in Mazar-e-Sharif, a crucial northern city under pressure from the offensive. Mazar-e-Sharif has long been a bastion of anti-Taliban militias. Its fall would be a catastrophic blow to the government. And a senior advisor to the president, Wahid Amar, has said that Mr Ghani's visit was not an act of desperation. The public saw what the Taliban actually do to people what the Taliban do to the country. And the president at this time is leading this effort to further mobilize uh, people against the Taliban. The International Red Cross says intense street-by-street fighting is going on in Kandahar in the south, the latest Afghan city to come under attack from the Taliban. Some reports suggest the Islamists have already taken over the state prison. Google has defended its new salary calculator, which could result in its US employees taking a pay cut if they choose to work permanently from home. It follows a shift in working habits as a result of the pandemic. The BBC's Emma Simpson reports. Google has given its employees the chance to do their jobs in different ways in future. The firm has produced a pay calculator so staff can see the impact on their pay if they decide to opt out of returning to the office. For instance, staff at Google HQ who want to be based further afield where the cost of living is considerably cheaper than Silicon Valley will be expected to take a pay cut. Google says staff have always seen a salary adjustment up or down if they decide to change where they work from. And in sports news, the Argentine football star Lionel Messi has said he hopes to keep winning titles at his first press conference as a player for Paris Saint-Germain. He said he'd been enjoying his first day in Paris but acknowledged that it had been a very hard time leaving Barcelona. More news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Your co-host today is Jenny Lamb. Jenny, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. We're talking today about the Professional Teachers Union, the PTU, and about Cathay Pacific. State media in the mainland has renewed its attack on the largest teachers union in Hong Kong a day after it announced it was disbanding following accusations that it had poisoned children and incited them to violence. Xinhua said in a commentary that the PTU, which has nearly 100,000 members, shouldn't get away with any law-breaking and should be investigated by the authorities. The article called the union a malignant tumour whose eradication helps bring an end to anti-government chaos and will be cheered on by students, parents and the Hong Kong community at large. Well, what do you think? As media reports say the Civil Human Rights Front is also disbanding soon, are we expecting more groups to fold? What about the Confederation of Trade Unions, the CTU? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message as ever on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email backchat at rthk.hk. You can call us. And our number is 233-88266, 233-88266. After 9.15, we're discussing Cathay Pacific. It's recorded more than a $7 billion loss in the first half of uh, this year. As COVID drags on, uh, how bad can things get? 
Uh, let us know your thoughts as ever backchat at rthk.hk just before we get into today's topic uh, yesterday we were talking about e-cigarettes Tim in an email says there's an inherent problem in allowing zealots to influence public policy the level of zealotry on display in today's programme underscores why the zealots would have us believe e-cigarettes and heat not burn tobacco devices are the same thing and should therefore be banned together this is as honest as suggesting a Tesla has the same polluting effect on the environment as a public light bus because both the motor vehicles. The reality is that e-cigarettes contain no tobacco of any kind, nor do they contain addictive nicotine, at least not in Hong Kong, where liquid nicotine is prescribed as a part one poison. Of course, the zealots chose not to mention this inconvenient truth. Hopefully our legislators are not so easily taken in, and they choose instead to pursue the more sensible path of regulation to keep an otherwise innovative smoking cessation aid out of the hands of children. That's from Tim, thanks very much indeed for that. And uh, on today's topic, Herman says, it was reported that the PTU had a pretty large asset base. Some said it was on the order of $400 million, a gigantic sum for a supposed non-profit. What are they going to do with all that money? Buy mooncakes for destitute educators? Where did all the money come from? Did all of it come from Hong Kong? If the PTU had so much money, why did they still need to solicit funds off the street? How much of this money was used to line the pockets of their top management? Why is the PTU in such a rush to dissolve? Is it really because of political fears or is that a smokescreen to cover something else like fraud and embezzlement? And when the organisation finally disbands, who will be getting the money? That's uh, from Herman. Once again, our email is bankchat.rthk.hk. Joining us for our first discussion we have with us now, uh, Mervyn Chung, who's the chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group. Uh, Joseph Cheng, former professor of politics at City University and will be joined soon by uh, Pampe Cho, former vice chairman of the FTU, the Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions. Uh, Mervyn, maybe we'll start with you. Good morning. OK, good morning. Thanks for joining yeah, yeah. us uh, once again. First of all, you, I mean, your general reaction to to the uh, the end of the uh, the, the PTU. Obviously, uh, very large and nearly 100,000 uh, members, very well established, uh, ne- nearly 50 years. Uh, it's uh, going away. What do you make of that? Well, I think the... The dissolution of the PTU, well, it's, it's probably well, it's only only a matter of time because uh, low authorities would accept uh, an organization which is which is always uh, you know anti-local government and and also anti-China, and especially uh, after the uh, 2019 uh, social unrest. But but it did but it did accept it for 50 years. Uh, there are signs of uh, of the whole thing getting uh, 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 escalated, especially after the um, uh, especially after the, uh, the twenty fourteen Occupy uh, Central movement, and then that that, that went all the way to the twenty nineteen uh, uh, the rioting activities, and and the worst uh, thing is that uh, we did have a quite quite a large number of uh, young people who have got involved. In uh, out of the around uh, 10,000 uh, people arrested uh, during the uh, 2019 social unrest, uh, there were around 40% young people. Of them, uh, about 2,000 uh, were students. And some of them have already been uh, uh, prosecuted and, and, and also convicted. So um, I think to, to any authorities, this is something really serious. So, uh, the kind of uh, you know, fraud action is in, in, in inevitable on the part of the government. 
Is the PTU totally to blame for the, everyone involved in the 2019 movement? Not, uh, uh, not to blame to, uh, for the whole thing, but uh, the PTU uh, did play a quite quite significant part in 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 in, in those activities, which which were all directed against uh, 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 against the SAR government and also uh, against Beijing. Uh, they were directed against the government. Yeah. Well, they were critical of the government. They were independent of the government, and they made criticisms. Uh, I think making criticism is okay, but certainly not uh, you know calling for you know, boycott of classes and also inciting the students uh, to 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 take to the, uh, to, to to the streets uh, in order to go against the government and and demand something which which uh, uh, you know at that moment is is not possible of uh, you know of giving in. Okay, uh, Joseph Chen. Good morning to you. Morning. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. What do you make of the uh, the ending of the uh, professional teachers' union? This is, of course, a very very sad thing. The professional teachers' union is probably the uh, most moderate group within the Hong Kong pro democracy movement. Uh, many of its members are uh, school principals and senior teachers. They are usually very moderate, bordering on conservative and usually very cautious. I think the group has all the time avoided uh, endorsing any pro-independence political inclinations as well as any involvement in violent political activities. So it is law-abiding. And, uh, and it is ready to talk to the government all the time. We certainly remember that in the very beginning of the Carrie Lam administration, uh, the group reached an agreement with the new chief executive and uh, in return for the Kerry Lam administration's uh, offering of funding support for teachers so, that, so as to avoid the unemployment of teachers, some teachers who, may have, who might lose their jobs because of the, of the classes cut back due to uh, the decline in student intake. The, the group broke ranks with the pro-democracy legislators in general and supported the budget, uh, the first budget of the Kerry Dam administration. So this is ample evidence that the uh, group is ready to talk with the government, ready to reach agreement with the government. Uh, it is pragmatic. It is above all concerned with uh, the profession, the teachers' welfare, and... Uh, and as a result, we know that uh, many members of the group serves in various committees uh, concerned with related to uh, to the government's education policy all the time until until a, a few days ago when the uh, education department when the education bureau uh, in response to the uh, messages from Beijing decided to terminate all such connections. And it is certainly very threatening, very scary, that uh, media commentaries from the uh, leading media in Beijing define the nature uh, of, of trade unions, professional groups in the territory, and uh, leading to prompt political action on the part of the SAR government. And this is certainly very, very threatening. Um, and uh, uh, the professional teachers' union is certainly not the only group affected. We, we now hear 
from newspaper reports that probably tomorrow the Civil Human Rights Front is going to meet and it may uh, choose to uh, to terminate the organization as well. And there is a lot of speculation that the Confederation of Trade Unions may well be the last target and so on. And, and as a result, you see, um, even if you don't care about democracy, human rights and so on, the economy of the territory is definitely affected. And you see that the American Consul General has come out to warn uh, American enterprises, American corporations in Hong Kong uh, of the deteriorating business environment. What about this? What about the observation that uh, the violence in 20, 000, uh, 2019 did involve a, a lot of young people uh, and that uh, the Professional Teachers Union, which had a considerable number of teachers, 100,000 teachers, um, you know, played a part in that. They were on the side of the, uh, of the protesters. They must face the consequences. Uh, there were two pro- protest rallies participated by first by one million Hong Kong people, then two million Hong Kong people. And opinion, public opinion surveys uh, at that time consistently demonstrated that the broad position of the pro-democracy movement uh, was supported by the majority of the Hong Kong society. And this is a fact. Uh, when the uh, Hong Kong government came out recently uh, in response to President Biden's memorandum um, extending the length of stay of Hong Kong people in the United States, um, the Hong Kong government claims that it is obvious to any objective people that the national security law protests, guarantees basic rights and freedom. This obviously is not true. I mean, this is certainly not the perception of ordinary people in Hong Kong. Again, uh, public opinion surveys consistently show that Hong Kong people detect and observe and feel the deterioration in the freedoms that they have been enjoying. All right. Well, also joining us uh, now briefly is uh, Pam Pecho, who was vice chairman, who was legislator and and vice chairman of the Federation of of Trade Unions. Dr. Pam, good morning to you. Hi, thanks for, for joining us uh, once again. So, uh, no, no more PTU. It looks like the Civil Human Rights Front will be uh, will be closed, uh, and a lot of speculation that the Confederation of, of uh, Trade Unions, the CTU, uh, will also uh, uh, disband. Um, uh, uh, what do you make of this? Uh, uh, what do you do? You think that uh, unions are under threat? Independent unions are under threat in Hong Kong. Well. I don't know whether these are actually independent unions, but let's just put it this way. Uh, I think that uh, in Hong Kong we have, uh, say, uh, a free, uh, rather free society, and uh, but like any uh, freedom, there's uh, some limits. I think in the case, uh, say, for the for the uh, for the PTU, I think uh, it's that. Uh, I think that there's some concern that they. What they have done over the years have uh, actually trespassed uh, uh, the, the the red line right, uh, of uh, uh, causing danger to national and also the Hong Kong security. Right? Say under the new legislation of the national security law, which is applicable to Hong Kong, uh, this is something that we have to observe. Right? 
I think apart from that, I, I don't think there should be any uh, change to the way trade unions operate. Uh, and the Confederation of Trade Unions? Uh, that also depends on the, uh, say, what they have actually done, right? I think they have been very much... But does it depend on what they've actually done, or, do, or does it depend on what state media say they've actually done? No, I think that really depends on what they have actually done, because uh, if there's suspicion that they have trespassed uh, the national security law, then, of course, there will be due investigation and, and trial. But on, before that uh, has been done, I, I, I don't think that we can make a definite comment on that. Yeah. So, Panpechu, do you do you see do you feel that members of these uh, trade unions should they be uh, worried about retribution now? Um, well, you better ask uh, their representative, right? As far as I'm concerned, I think uh, like I'm a trade unionist, right? Uh, if we have not done anything against the law, then there's there's nothing to be afraid about, right? Well, the professional trade yeah, just a chance. Trade union, the professional teachers union certainly believe that it has not been violating the law because mm. up to a week ago, uh, its members, its representatives, uh, were still serving in various uh, committees of the Hong Kong government. It was mm-hmm. not until certain commentaries uh, of leading Beijing media labeling the uh, professional teachers union as uh, malignant tumor, then the government started to act. Uh, And we were told uh, uh, when the national security law was being considered that the the law would have no retrospective effect. We heard from newspaper reports that the professional uh, teachers' union uh, had approached the government uh, informally. Uh, It was ready to uh, follow a strictly politically correct line as defined by the authorities, though the red lines have been changing, definitely. Uh, And the leadership had also offered to resign. But those gestures, those approaches were rejected. And, and therefore, this trade union, this teachers' union, had reached a decision that it, it came under a lot of pressure, that it saw no prospects. Uh, and it is very sad to see that the largest trade union uh, on a single line of profession had to say this. Okay. They, they said openly, under a great pressure, uh, no see, no prospects. And, uh, and this illustrates how trade unions operate in Hong Kong. Can't and we are supposed yes. to be, Excuse me. To be uh, I have to, an SAR of the people. I'm yeah. sorry, I have China. to head off right now. I think so far there has been no charge against anyone against, uh, in the uh, PTU, right? So I think in Hong Kong we are used to, say, have rule of law and everything is conducted according to the legislation uh, and the law, right? So. I think that uh, we, we just have to wait and see. Uh, sorry, I have to head off because, uh, to, to I, work. I, I'm very okay, Dr. Pan, thank, thanks very much oh, indeed you for, for joining us. Yeah, former Vice Chairman um, of the Hong Kong Federation of Trade Unions. Yeah, yeah, Joseph I, Chen. I am, I am very glad that Mr. Poon said this because uh, Mr. Poon said that there's no prosecution of the uh, executives of the, of the, the PTU as yet. But, but we see... Uh, commentaries of leading media in Beijing uh, at least 
representing the Chinese authorities' position to some extent. I mean, it's the People's Stadium and New China News Agency accusing the Professional Trade Teachers Union as a malignant tumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very, very serious accusation when none of the members, none of the executives of the union uh, has been, uh, has been uh, prosecuted. Well, okay. And yet, Mervin, many of their representatives are still serving in government committees. Mervyn Chung, do you think that the PTU is a malignant tumour? Uh, to uh, I think to the state authorities uh, you know, that and, that, and to you that enemy. and to the people of Hong Kong. Uh, I, to some extent, I think uh, that that that's true because. Um, have you ever said that before? Have you ever said that before? These comments. Oh, I I have um, I've uh, said repeatedly that um, the PTU should not uh, get in, involved in uh, uh, pol- political ac- activism, uh, especially when. T- Especially when students' uh, uh, educational well-being, uh, 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 you know, come, comes into question. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm all, all against uh, inciting students into some kind of political activities. Okay. So, um, one of the things that Joseph Chang pointed out just now, Marvin, is that he believes that the uh, red red line has shifted; that the rules have changed. One of the things that your organization does, the Education Policy Concern Group and the PTU do, does, or used to do, is to advise the government on school curriculum. If the rules have changed, how should your advice change? Now, uh, of course, uh, things must be changing uh, in, in keeping uh, with the, the, uh, uh, the changes of times. So um, no matter what line or, or black line, I think uh, you know, they, they must be continually ad- 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 adjusted in order to uh, fa- you know, face up to the challenges that are prevailing in, in, in our community from time to time. Can, can you be a little bit more specific? What, what are the things to avoid in the curriculum? In, in your point of view, now I I, I would say that um, for curriculum uh, matters, things must be objective, and uh, say uh, the stuff to be to be uh, taught to the students should be uh, factual. Now uh, the, the problem that uh, we have been confronting, especially in recent years, is that uh, there's a you know we we, we do have a handful of uh, teachers who twist uh, you know uh, the the um, the academic stuff to their, their personal preferences or, or political uh, uh, inclinations. So the students who are still in the learning stage might not be able to get an objective and, uh, and, and, and also a, a justified picture of the things they're supposed to learn. So that's the biggest problem. Then those teachers should be prosecuted. What is the relationship between those teachers that you mentioned and the professional teachers' union? Uh, well... If you say such teachers misbehave, then what about your organization? Should your organization also be responsible for the behavior of those teachers? But you remember that every time when teachers uh, go through this kind of prosecuting uh, process, PTU must come to, must come to the rescue, uh, regardless of whether or not you know, they, they, uh, that these are, are correct or not. So that's, that's also one thing that uh, people in the education circle have always been criticizing in regard to the reactions from, from the PTU. We do not have any single case, it seems, that PTU would say right away, students are wrong in participating in, 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 in boycotting activities, demonstrations, and teachers 
interesting materials in class when they when they are teaching the students. Joseph Chang, I mean, it's, unde- it's undeniable that the PTU was a, was a major uh, force in, in, the, in the pan-democratic camp. Maybe, as you say, a, a, a moderate force, but a, sig- a significant force that spoke out on just about every occasion and we could rely on a statement from, from, from the PTU on, on, on any events and they were always clearly on, on, on one particular side. Is that appropriate for a, for a teacher's union? Wouldn't it be better if a teacher's union, in particular, given that, you know, it's custody of a young minds um, just stayed away from the from the political battlefield and the PTU you know has to live with the consequences of what it created what exactly do you mean the political field uh, the uh, professional um, there are various uh, patriotic educational groups as well and they are also involved in politics although their political line is seen to be correct uh, by the authorities uh, whereas the professional teachers' union tends to be more critical of the government, but as I was saying, it agrees with the government on many, many issues. Many of its representatives uh, sat on the government's committees and endorsed. Well, well then maybe you shouldn't. Measures. Maybe you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have teachers' organisations like that either. You should have the teachers' organisations should simply stay out of politics. You could have this is what general I mean unions, the, but not teachers' unions. This is what I mean by the red lines have been shifting. Certainly, the Professional Teachers Union had been in existence for 48 years. And all the time, it was seen as a respectable and most representative uh, educational group in the territory. It It had been consulted by the government all the time. And as I was saying, even in the very first months of the Carrie Lam administration, she went to negotiate with the... Uh, PTU and came to an agreement with the PTU, which was acceptable to both sides, and both sides were proud of that agreement All right, well, of uh, saving teachers' uh, jobs. Okay, we got. I think we've got some question marks raised over that, which we will we'll pick up uh, after the news at nine. Got a got a lot of interesting emails as well to uh, share. Uh, let us uh, uh, please uh, join in by emailing bankchat@rthk.hk. We'll do our best to read out your messages or call us two three three eight eight two six six. Later, we're also going to be talking about uh, Cathay Pacific and their woes. The weather forecast: sunny periods and a few showers. Isolated thunderstorms at first. Hot with temperatures up to thirty two degrees. The outlook: sunny intervals and occasional showers in the next couple of days. The readings now twenty nine Celsius and the relative humidity is at. 79%. Still unaccounted for. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Back chat this Thursday morning with Jenny Lamb and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about the uh, Professional Teachers Union, the dis- dissolving of the uh, dissolution, is it, of the. Uh, uh, of the uh, Professional uh, Teachers Union. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the problems facing uh, Cathay Pacific after that uh, loss. Uh, not as bad as the uh, loss in the same period last year, but uh, still $7 billion in the first half of this year. We'll be talking to a uh, the dean, uh, Associate Dean of the Faculty of Engineering at the Polytechnic University uh, on that topic. Uh, and we want to hear from you on the PTU. Uh, drop us a line, backchat at rthk.hk. Call us on 233-88266 or go to our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, and everyone can see your comments there. We'll do our best as ever to read out your comments. Please uh, keep them uh, polite, or at least uh, not willfully uh, offensive, uh, and not too long. 
TC on Facebook says, it's naive to say that the PTU shouldn't be politicised. The very nature of a Labour union itself, which the PTU was, is very political. Henry says, uh, PTU bad role in inculcating anti-China, anti-Hong Kong mindset in teachers and students. Its role in Occupy Central in 2019 riot cannot be denied. The media is full of evidence on all these such decades. PTU's denial that all these years they protect the country, etc. are lies. Do they teach students that lies are okay? If their denial is true, why remove the wrong teaching materials from the internet? Why disband? Why Chung Man Kuang has to come back from retirement to do work on Chinese history? Many teachers and students have been fatally harmed by PTU. Some teachers have lost their jobs, their reputation. Getting another job is difficult. And I remember one DGS teacher lose 70% of her eyesight in a riot and her teaching employment not renewed on contract termination. Some students were sent to Correctional Institute where they would get an unerasable mark on their mind, outlook and surely significantly affecting their future. Sito Wa formed PTU out of a sincere desire to form a professional union, but his view on June the 4th turned it to political and when he died, PTU turned increasingly anti-China a stroke Hong Kong attitude. Joining FTU shows there are inextricably connections with FTU which receive fundings from US NGOs. I think PTU he means rather than FTU, perhaps there. Um, Joseph Cheng's anti-Hong Kong China stand is well known. Why did he emigrate to Australia? He should turn himself to the police. Joseph is implicated in many activities in anti-Hong Kong China. I could write pages on the above, but you can find it in the press, especially in Chinese press. I find the host somewhat ill-informed on this. Maybe they did not read Chinese press. That comes uh, from uh, Henry. Uh, Andrew Kay says, How about ask what the PTU has done for the betterment of Hong Kong? Education standards have been slipping for years. That's from uh, Andrew Kay. Peter says, Since there is historical evidence of involvement and funding from overseas intelligence agencies, NGOs and religious groups in Hong Kong, for instance during Operation Yellowbird, are there any chances that PTU's funding and training could be traced to the CIA or other foreign intelligence agencies or NGOs associated with the United States uh, or Europe? Uh, Johnny says the PTU leadership destroyed the goodwill accumulated by its founders in less than four years for the work it built up in the past four decades. How many of its claimed 90,000 plus members actually agreed with the lines and rhetorics the leadership took in the past four years? PTU was played as a pawn by the Democrats who infiltrated and consolidated their leadership ranks and driving it to its political end. That's uh, from uh, Johnny. Alan says, all the worst fears we had in 1997 are now coming true. Vindictive, xenophobic, conspiracy-mongering ideologues are now dictating government policy. No evidence needed. Just write an op-ed, draw a new red line, and students are ejected from university, a union is closed, a newspaper is shut down. White terror is now part of our daily life. That's from uh, Alan. And Jim says, national, repeat national. Are your discussions concerning violation of national security law or the Hong Kong uh, SAR basic law? Uh, that's from uh, Jim. Once again, backchat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address. Uh, we were joined by uh, Mervyn Chung from the Education Policy Concern Group and Joseph Chang, former professor of politics at, at City University. Mervyn, I think you wanted to respond to what Joseph Chang was saying about the influence of the PTU and the, the way that they have, uh, the way that uh, um, the uh, chief executive uh, took account of, uh, of their statements and their pleadings when it comes to funding for education. Yeah, I think uh, for education uh, improvement, different uh, education groups uh, have made their 
the presentations and and also proposals to um, to the government. So on the on the increase in uh, in the education budget by around uh, fifteen billion over over the the present term of uh, of uh, Mrs. Carrie Lam. Uh, now. You remember that uh, just a few days ago, uh, Mrs. Lam uh, met with the press, and she falsely uh, refuted all claims that uh, the the uh, the increase in the, in in the extra provision to education was a move to uh, please the PTU, and that's uh, she she has a uh, vigorously, uh, you know, uh, you know, eye. So uh, in fact, a low single organization. In, in the education sector, can claim sole credit, and uh, so I think uh, anyway, to say that uh, PTU has made all the positive uh, influence on on government in terms of the uh, education spending, in terms of uh, educational reforms, etc., uh, doesn't make a you know a, a strong case. Um, so, so what would you say uh, would be a useful way of using this funding in in future to uh, avoid this kind of Problem that the, the PTU fell into. So you, you mentioned that the PTU, you know, should not be credited for for for, for some of the for the uh, you know fifteen billion dollar in funding. So what 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 do you think would be a positive way of using some of the funds um, to to influence the teaching profession in, in order to avoid this kind of problem happening again? Yeah, I, well, I think uh, the the government would, would need to make it very clear from from the outset that on uh, you know, on what basis that a certain proposal uh, is accepted uh, for say increasing funding or introducing new uh, new new curriculum and and and, and, and uh, changes to to exist uh, to existing the educational uh, syllabuses and those things. So uh, I I I would say that uh, at the moment. Sometimes the government has has been too too reserved in in making these uh, these kind of open explanations to the general public. If uh, you know this kind of a more more liberal and open approach is adopted, not only in education but in also other uh, 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 you know fields of so- social and economic endeavors, quite a, quite a lot of misunderstanding can be removed. What, I, your your organisation like advises the government on curriculum. What what kind of um, advice will you be giving the government now in terms of curriculum, um, so that uh, you know the, the teachers know what to do, the students are uh, taught the right kind of. I, um, yeah, I, I am suggesting that uh, there should be more um, communications and and uh, direct dialogues between, say, the the uh, the, teach- the teachers. The principles with with the uh, education authorities uh, say through more uh, meetings, seminars, and and conferences with uh, some specific examples given, like uh, in in the case of uh, the teaching of national security uh, legislation. Uh, well, when teachers become more assured with what they they have got and what they are going to impart to students, uh, the situation should be, I think, uh, less worrying to them. Joseph Chang, do you do you feel that there's a need to uh, give different kind of advice for, um, to the government in terms of the curriculum? Certainly, I would like to make a clarification first. I never said that the uh, that the uh, chief executive wanted to please the professional teachers union. I just wanted to point out 
that she, in the very beginning of her administration, was quite ready to talk, to negotiate with the professional teachers' union. Uh, and at the same time, I never said that the professional teachers' union claimed credit. I was saying that it was willing to make suggestions to the chief executive, and in view of the chief executive's uh, response, it was ready to break ranks with the pro-democracy movement and voted in support of her, of her first, first budget. Going back to your question, uh, it is obvious that because the red lines uh, have been shifting and we see considerable concern, worry, and fear on the part of teachers, so much so we hear many stories of teachers resigning, so much so that school principals now openly articulate that they con are concerned with uh, the availability of teachers for the beginning of the school year in September, because uh, certainly a considerable segment of the teachers of the teaching profession is feeling very, very uncomfortable with the situation, and they do not know how to behave in a political correct manner and avoid troubles, and they do not know how to offer instructions uh, on on that on the national security law. Uh, Mervyn Chung, is that true? I've, I mean, I've heard uh, reports of uh, a lot of teachers uh, and a huge number of vacancies and a lot of people leaving the profession. Is that true? Do you know about that? Uh, now, at the moment, there, there are no official figures from the uh, uh, Education Bureau because uh, they will do the counting around the middle of uh, September, so by which time the, uh, the picture will become clearer. And uh, at this point, uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of the guesswork was, uh, has been done to, uh, on the basis of the of the figures uh, obtained it, uh, last last October, I think. So, so we 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 we'll wait and see. Yeah. What, what about the point that Joseph Chang was making earlier as well? That that that, that in fact the PTU was was rather moderate uh, among Democrats. It certainly never caused called for for, for independence. Uh, uh, and it was uh, leaning towards the uh, Democrats, but then, you know, you could argue that uh, Hong Kong was leaning towards the Democrats. There was every indication that, in every poll, the Democrats had had the majority support, and that PTU did mo no more than gently reflect Hong Kong society as a whole. I don't agree because uh, for this kind of uh, undermining or uh, sabotaging. There can be a hard approach and also a soft approach. What the PTU has been using is a soft approach. You know, what, 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 is, uh, what is worse than influencing the minds of, of, our, of our young students, uh, uh, giving them incorrect understanding, uh, deliberately give, giving them incorrect understanding of issues, um, uh, learning materials, and, and also what they should be uh, uh, given a proper training in terms of the curriculum, extracurricular activities. Extracurricular activities is not to incite them to go to... Uh, you see, know, now to you're saying they're undermining young minds. You said that you agreed with a comment that, that they were a cancer, that they were, uh, that they were a tumour in, 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 in Hong Kong. Now, not all but the I teachers... I never heard you say these things a couple of years ago. Yeah, not all, all of them have said so, uh, have done so, but at least... Uh, you know, from from uh, from the what 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 has been uh, uh, being for uh, what is being for by the education bureau, we do have uh, quite a handful of teachers who are you know pro proceeding in this way, 
and uh, they are still under invest- investigation. So, uh, but I, they I, are not representative of the professional teachers' union. Uh, are you saying that what they are? The they, are you saying that they are not members of PTU? Are you sure? I don't know. But <laughs> you don't know. But out of ninety-five thousand members, if you have a few teachers who do not behave, sorry, are you saying? Are you saying they are members of the PTU? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm querying. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, neither of us, no, neither yeah, of yeah, you know yeah. whether they're members. Yeah. Is that yeah, right? So but, but one thing that is clear is that, is that right, PTU is that right? has no, all no, the nobody, time... You don't know whether they're members and he doesn't know whether they're members. But one thing is clear, the PTU... So to draw that association between the PTU and, all, and the teachers... The PTU has been trying hard to help them. What, what, no, no what, matter what, they're, 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 they're right or wrong. Mervyn, did you mention that uh, these the, teachers the were involved... Sorry, Joseph. ...to fight for their legal causes to fight for their court cases, which is legitimate and perfectly legal. So that is what do you mean by coming to the... Joseph, coming to the Joseph, give me one example of PTU criticizing openly te- teachers' mistakes and also students' mistakes uh, in the 2019 uh, uh, social un- un- unrest uh, activities and also in the uh, 2014 Occupy Central Movement. Judge Chang? The government has been willing, has been willing to talk to the PTU after the occupation campaign. As I was saying, the chief executive was ready to talk to negotiate with the PTU in the very first months of her administration. And all these PTU representatives had been on various government committees all the time until one or two weeks ago. And they had been serving these government committees uh, in a responsible, in a constructive manner. Sorry, that wasn't Mervyn's question. Mervyn's question was about whether there had been any any uh, uh, any criticism of the of the uh, violence and the disruption of of, uh, uh, of 2014 I think the and 2019. It made it very clear that it does, that it did not support any violence. That it wanted the teachers to observe the law, although the PTU adopted a position against the passing of the anti-fugitive amendment bill, which mm. pos- and, and that position was shared by a vast majority of Hong Kong people, including some leaders of the pro-establishment camp, before they were warned by the Chinese authorities to give up such a position. So, so Mervyn, you were, you were saying earlier that you think the PTU uh, played a part in inciting the students um, in certain activities. You were saying that uh, they had certain influence in the curriculum. Can you elaborate on that? Which activities and which part of the curriculum that got them into so much hot water? Now, um, regarding the, uh, the PTU's influence in, 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 the, uh, uh, in the mass demonstration and all those things, one thing that is very clear, and, and in fact, has, all those things have been documented by some educators and been published. Uh, for instance, the, uh, they encourage students to go into uh, you know, car, uh, class boycotts and, and then to talk to the streets. So that's a long, I think, so said the PTU is not professional in the sense that they should give correct guidance and also uh, uh, proper teaching to the students instead of inciting them into this kind of uh, uh, strictly illegal activities.
Okay, just some comments to uh, finish off. Henry says uh, on Facebook, I pity those people, including teachers, students, who had donated monies to the PTU in support of protest rallies, funding for teachers in distress, etc. I'd rather throw money to three coins in the fountain than to give such to PTU. No audited accounts produced and unknown usage. Henry says, Mainland Media says the Bar Association and the Association of Nurses involved in the nurse doctor strike previously are the next malignant tumour. And... Uh, Martin says, following the announcement that the Civil Human Rights Front has disbanded, probably dis probably busy destroying evidence implicating its members and funding sources, it should become clear to all that the Civil Human Rights Front was in fact an umbrella organisation for dozens of other political organisations that supported and funded those protests and activities. For instance, the Professional Teachers Union, the Hong Kong Journalists Association, and many others worked under the uh, Civil Human Rights Front uh, umbrella. Uh, many individuals were holding positions at multiple organisations wearing various hats to recycle and amplify their personal anti-government, anti-China political views by using the civil human rights front to turn that into a mass movement. That's from uh, Martin. I think Martin, the, the, I think the idea of the civil human rights front was that it was an umbrella, uh, well, sorry, it is an umbrella uh, organisation. Uh, if you look on the Wikipedia page, you can see a full list of, uh, of all the organisations that, uh, that, that form it uh, together. Uh, if that's of any use. Uh, in the meantime, Mervyn, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us once yeah, again. Mervyn Chung, Chairman of the Hong Kong Public Education Policy Concern Group, and joining us on the line, Joseph Cheng, former Professor of Politics at City University. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Finally today, at 22 minutes past nine, as mentioned, to uh, uh, Cathay Pacific. Um, uh, the uh, company uh, unveiled uh, yesterday losses of uh, $7.6 billion in the first half of uh, 2021, uh, slightly better than uh, the losses posted in the same period uh, last year. But there is concern about, the, of course, the future of Cathay and in particular uh, whether it might lose overseas runway slots. Uh, for a comment, we're joined now by Professor Xu Xiaowan, who's uh, uh, Associate Dean of the Faculty of Engineering. Professor Fu, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Thanks so much indeed for, for, for joining us. What do you make, first of all, of this, uh, this result uh, for Cathay? Uh, a big loss, but not quite as bad as last year. Well, uh, apparently this is the uh, disappointing uh, report with a lot of bad news. But still, uh, you can see clearly that the, um, many, the airline managers have been uh, trying hard and doing their job. Because if you look at, for example, the uh, passenger revenue declined um, it's by 90 percent uh, of the uh, pre-pandemic level and the total revenue compared to the same period last year uh, by declined by 43 percent but the net loss actually shrink by 23 percent now i want to uh, remind you that if you look at the same period last year uh, we still have you know close to two months normal <laughs> operations so uh, clearly the airline has been trying hard to cut costs and uh, control within their limit the operations. Uh, so I would say, yes, it, it is a very disappointing uh, release of the report, uh, but you can still see that the, uh, the airline has been trying hard and they have made some progress. How do you, uh, uh, Professor Fu, how do you see um, Cathay losing in terms of competition against, um, say, China Southern, China Eastern, or, or now the Greater Bay Airline, should, um, you know, normal uh, passenger traffic resume? Do, do you, how do you see Cathay in this competition 
among regional airlines? Well, uh, I would say the um, the fundamental competitiveness of Cathay uh, is not being lose, being lost. Now, one of the problems, uh, I would say, uh, if you look at the financial performance and uh, sometimes also the operation performance of Cathay, it's mainly due to, if you look at other market, they have uh, a domestic market to hide for other airlines. But in Hong Kong, uh, there's no domestic market to hide. Uh, now, for example, if you look at the uh, two performing uh, market uh, in mainland China and also United States, right, the, the pandemic control level are really not comparable. But still, uh, about two months ago, you started to hear the news that the big airlines like American Airlines and United Airlines, they have problem recruiting, for example, enough uh, number of employees to, to, to handle the search of uh, air, air travel demand. So I would say uh, many of the problems uh, we see with Cathay is, is mainly due to uh, the problem with the uh, no domestic market and also the uh, strict uh, travel control. That's exactly what I what I meant. Because they don't have a domestic market and, and China Southern, China Eastern, they, they have a domestic market to to uh, prop them up. Do you see do you see Cathay losing out to um, some of these other regional airlines because of all the planes sitting idle and the possibility of losing some of its ports? Well, um, we need to look at, for example, from the short term and medium term. For the short term, of course, if, when you are not allowed, you cannot really do a business, you cannot compete. You definitely cannot compete. Uh, in the medium term, I think it's, uh, the uh, airline's competitiveness is based on the management, the cost structure, and also the network. Uh, so if we see that the, uh, when the, I would say, the, the, the competition ground it's more level, it's more fair, I mean, it's not fair, I would say, it's, it's more even, uh, due, because there's many, many fa other factors. Uh, I think the, uh, the cafe will, will perform much better. Of course, it did used to have a, a, a domestic market, Cafe Dragon, which, which, which is gone now. Could that have helped Cafe recoup some of the, the losses? But, you know, um, if if it can if if it doesn't see any possibilities of resuming some of those international travel in the short term, right? I think if we want to really understand the, for example, the Cathay and, uh, as a matter of fact, the whole aviation industry in Hong Kong's performance, there is only there's one single most important indicator we could look at, that is the quarantine requirement. Now uh, we, we understand all those problems uh, we, we face today are caused by the pandemic. So uh, it's really depends on the, the pandemic situation. But among the pandemic situation, as I mentioned, for example, if you look at the, the different markets, the performance are still very different. Now, the, in the case of Hong Kong, the, uh, uh, the aviation industry and uh, or probably also the tourism industry, they can handle, for example, screening, cleaning, uh, the vaccination passport, etc. But if you impose very long quarantine, uh, for travel, uh, you basically kill uh, most of the market. So whenever uh, we could have reduced the uh, quarantine requirement, for example, if we could have uh, more uh, travel bubble when it's ready, if we could, the, uh, let's see, uh, relax some of the regulation of the travel between the mainland and Hong Kong, then that would be a very good news. Uh, for the airlines uh, and also aviation industry in Hong Kong. 
Uh, one particular concern that, that's uh, surfaced and been uh, mentioned uh, um, or commented on by the executive director uh, is the question of uh, overseas runway uh, slots. Um, the concern has been expressed that uh, the runway slots in, in overseas uh, airports will be given away uh, to other uh, airlines if Cathay doesn't use it, uh, if it doesn't use them, and if the restrictions stay uh, more in Hong Kong than in other places, the, 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 there might be that danger. Uh, what do you make of that, Professor Fu? Is that justified, that worry? Well, it's justified if the overseas market is recovering, whereas Cathay uh, is still uh, not providing the services for some time. Now, the airport slot, the, the follow so-called grandfather rule, which means if you have been using the slot, then you can continue to hold it. Now, the problem is, for example, if the overseas mar- in the overseas market, uh, many airlines are gradually recovering their services and they need more slot. And, and if this slot has, uh, and Cathay is not using it, some of the slot being diverted to other airlines, that could potentially create a problem uh, for Cathay. Uh, but eventually, uh, this is depend on the uh, rule, I would say slot allocation rule, in the uh, airport and in the, in the other country. Because the aviation industry haven't really experienced this kind of like uh, global shock before. So the, I think that the rules, the airport route governing this, there's still some, quite some uncertainty uh, associated with that. Cathay seems to be flying more cargo than passengers right now. Um, Understandably, you know, converting your aircraft to just fly cargo is is going to be extremely costly for them. But do do you see that as a possibility of of giving them some leeway? It will give them a little bit leeway. But uh, if you look at the uh, pre-pandemic majority, overwhelmingly majority of Cathay's revenue uh, are from passenger. And in addition, uh, the passenger aircraft they provide some of the belly space. Uh, for cargo. Now, when you suffer a 90% loss of the passenger revenue, that part of the capacity, cargo capacity, also, I would say, is significantly reduced. Well, yes, cargo would help airlines. That's why, for example, if you look at some of the airlines in Korea, they have been performing quite well, and also the cargo operation has been performed well. Um, but this year, uh, the cargo is still doing quite okay, but uh, the, the growth rate or the other things is, is not as, I would say, the growth rate or the, the, the trend is not as that strong, the recovery rate, as before. So, um, uh, so I would say, yes, cargo operation is definitely one of the few markets that the airline have to pay attention. But for the case of Cathay, it will not overturn the whole result. Uh, in the end, isn't Cathay safe because the government won't let them go under? They will always fund them. The, um, now if you look at the cash reserve, the uh, Cathay, I think it's now uh, it's still in good position. Now, in terms of uh, the um, government support, uh, I would say, um, well, if you look at all the major economies, uh, virtually all the major economies are helping uh, a lot to their airline. You name it, uh, for, uh, United States, uh, the, the, many of the European countries, or including mainland China. Uh, I think the government's role here, they have uh, several roles. Now, first is to ensure fair competition, right? We need to ensure there is sufficient and uh, necessary competition in the market. 
Secondly, is to ensure that the uh, aviation industry is is helping the Hong Kong's economy. The government should not only consider airlines, airports, but they really consider Hong Kong's economy. But think about it. The, if you look at the, let's see, financial services, if you consider the financial centers, the largest financial centers in the world, uh, Tokyo have two airports, Shanghai, two airports, New York, three airports. Think about London, five airports. Now, Hong Kong, we only have one airport, and we, so far, the hub carrier, we have uh, mainly it's Cathay Pacific. So uh, uh, if we lose the air connectivity, if we lose strong airlines, if we don't have a very competitive market, we will face big problems. We will face big problems, not, not only in the aviation industry. So, so the answer is yes, they will prop it up. They will, go to, yeah. they, they will continue to fund Cathay Pacific, whatever happens, basically. Yeah, I think they, mm. they, they should they should do that. And uh, but based based on the uh, the cash reserve and the liquidity of the uh, Cathay, I don't think that's going to be necessary in the in the in the coming months. Okay. Well, Professor, many thanks for for joining us. Fu Xiaowen uh, is associate dean of the Faculty of Engineering at the Polytechnic University. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, uh, and uh, Jenny, thank you very much thank indeed you. for joining us today. One more comment. This is from TC on Facebook, who says, to the point about how some teachers' behaviour reflect on the PTU, how does the ignorant comment of Nicholas Mook on the clothing of Hong Kong Olympian reflect on the Federation of Education Workers? Has the organisation criticised him that's from uh, tc on uh, facebook uh, that's it from us here's the weather before we go sunny periods and a few showers isolated thunderstorms around at first hot today temperatures up to 32 degrees in the urban areas a bit warmer in the new territories and sunny intervals and occasional showers forecast for the next couple of days 29 celsius now relative humidity is at 77 percent to defeat the COVID-19 epidemic and resume normal life, everyone should get vaccinated. No matter how young or fit we are, we may still be infected. Even if the infection is mild, the disease may also have long-term impacts on your health. Vaccination provides protection to ward off new strains of the virus. For the health of yourself and your family, and for the resumption of normal life, go for it. We will win by getting vaccinated together. 9.34, the news now with Vicky Wong. The head of a vaccination centre says he hopes more people will be allowed to take advantage of a scheme offering COVID jabs without a booking. Samuel Kwok, the medical director of the clinic at Kwon Chong Sports Centre in Jordan, said all 200 walk-in slots were filled yesterday after the government dropped the eligible age from 70 to 60. The Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, has told a news conference that the country's borders will remain closed until at least the end of the year. She said an elimination strategy was the best way to keep COVID-19 out and the economy open. And Google 